Chapter Six of Jill's Red Bag by Amy Lee Fouvre. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gabrielle C. Chapter Six, God's Cabbages. Sam was as good as his word. Before a week was out, a minute board was erected by the children's heap of stones. Big white letters confronted any passerby. Bethel trespassers will be prosecuted and jill made a point of visiting the spot at least once a day to be sure that it was left unmolested i'm coming to tea with you sam soon she announced one afternoon as she sat on the gate swinging herself to and fro and watching the carpenter repairing a fence sam lived alone with his old father in a rose-covered cottage at the corner of the village Sam was devoted to roses, and his little front garden was given up to their cultivation. The back one was in his father's charge, and he grew cabbages. "'Father will be pleased to see you, Missy, and so shall I,' was Sam's quiet response. "'Then you must invite me properly, and ask me tomorrow, for Mona is going to take Miss Faulkner out for a drive. "'And then we have tea with Annie. I hate my tea poured out by your schoolroom maid.' Jill's little voice was tilted scornfully in the air. "'Aye,' said Sam, smiling. "'Tomorrow will suit first-rate, Missy. "'Father and me presents our duty, "'and will be pleased if you will favor us "'with your company to tea tomorrow at five o'clock.' "'This was the usual formula, "'and Jill clapped her hands in delight. "'Then she said with becoming gravity, "'I shall be very pleased to come, Sam. "'Tell Mr. Stone I'll favor him.' Then she ran into the house and told Jack and Bumps where she was going. They were inclined to be cross at first, but Jack soon recovered himself. We'll do quite well without you. I shall play as Sinbad the Sailor, and Bumps is going to be my old man of the sea. Annie likes to join sometimes, and we'll have our tea in the garden. She likes that, for the gardener has a cup of tea with us. Miss Faulkner heard of the invitation, but raised no objection. So punctually at five o'clock the next evening, Jill walked into Sam Stone's cottage. He and his father were expecting her. The tiny kitchen was in perfect order and looked spotlessly clean. The table was laid for tea, and a boiled egg for Jill, besides some watercress and currant buns, gave it quite a festive air. Old Mr. Stone looked delighted to see her. He was a tall, active old man with a long gray beard and had always plenty to say for himself. "'It's a pleasure to see you, Missy. Come right in and sit comfortable on my poor wife's walking chair. "'Twas the last thing she sat in afore she died, and I see her in it now, a-gaspin' and chokin' and smilin' up at me so sadly like. "'Jim,' she says, "'tis the Lord that did give me to yer, and tis the Lord that be, do be goin' to take me away from yer. "'Thank him,' she says, "'for all his mercies.' "'And I says to her,' "'Jenny, my heart can't think if my lips can, "'and I'd rather say nothing just now to the Almighty. "'Jenny, she were always so properly religious.' "'And are you properly religious too, Mr. Stone?' "'questioned Jill as she took her seat at the table "'and commenced with great pride and solemnity to pour out tea. "'She was always given the post of honor "'behind the big flowered tin tea tray "'and much enjoyed the responsibilities of her position.' The old man shook his head. I fear I be a very improper Christian, he said. 
I wonder, said Jill reflectively, whether your wife gave attempts to God. Miss Faulkner thinks all good, proper good people do. What be that, Missy? It's what Jacob did, you know, and we're going to try to do it. Don't you remember his vow? Of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Old Mr. Stone nodded his head. My father did always give a little to our vector. That be it, Missy, that be it. Tis the beginning of it you have told of. Do tell me, said Jill eagerly, do you think we could give our tenth to our vector? Sam and his father both tried then to give Jill a dissertation on tithes. She hardly grasped it, but childlike returned pertinaciously to her business in hand. I want Sam to join us. I'm sure he has a lot of money. I hear a jingle in his pocket. And won't you too, Mr. Stone? If you will, you can come to our Bethel and do it quite properly. I tell Missy we'd be hard-working people that be scarcely able to feed ourselves, said Sam. But a tenth isn't much, argued Jill. Out of forty pennies, you only have to give four. How much do you get from Mona, Sam? A pound a week, said Sam stolidly. Now, how many tens are in that, I wonder, Jill went on with interest. You see, Sam, Miss Faulkner says God sent us everything, so it does seem rather mean never to give anything back, doesn't it? I reckon, said Mr. Stone, looking at his son with a twinkle in his eye, that two shillin be a tenth of Sam's money, not to speak of his other odd jobs that he do get in and out. We should be on our way to the house, Missy, if I did give away such a bit as that. Oh, no, you wouldn't, for God just sends it back, Miss Faulkner says, in other kinds of ways. Only he is pleased if we think of him. If I were a rich man, said old Mr. Stone, I give the Almighty a tenth. Tis a crying shame the rich to be so grudging with their wealth, but we poor humble folk be not expected to do such things. Haven't you got anything to give God, Mr. Stone? Nothing at all, responded the old man with a sigh. Sam do take care of his old father, and I sells my cabbages and helps all I can, but since Christmas twelvemonth the rheumaty pains in my innards be so cruel bad that I be creeping on the churchyard slow and sure. A little gloom seemed to have fallen on the tea party. Then Jill started another subject. When are you going to be married, Sam? Sam threw up his head and laughed aloud. He was a confirmed old bachelor and did not, as he expressed it, like the ways of women. Ah, Missy, I'll wait till you set the example. Oh, but I don't mean to marry at all. I shall be like Mona. Cook told Annie the other day that Mona was going to marry Captain Willoughby, and I told Mona, and she was very angry, and then she laughed and said that Cook had already married her over to a dozen people. I don't quite know what she meant, but I think you ought to marry Sam, and Cook thinks so too. She says a house isn't a home without a woman. Sam laughed again. A woman, Missy, is an archer customer to deal with. There are smiles, tis true, but then there's tears, and I can't abide em. And there's a great chatteration, and there's a spending, not so much in pots and pans and good wholesome food, but in ribbons and silks and finery. And many a maid turns her man to drink from her contrary tempers. Best be without em, I say, and so do feather. They talked away till tea was over, and then Jill accompanied old Mr. Stone into the back garden. He pointed out to her row after row of his fine cabbages. 
one hundred and fifty-two, Missy, and also from seed, and I've tended them like chillin. Jill walked up and down amongst the cabbages with a thoughtful air. Suddenly she stood still, seized with an inspiration. Mr. Stone, you've got cabbages. The text says, If all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. You must give a tenth of your cabbages to God. Oh, do, won't you? And then you can join us. How many tenths have you got? Let us go through and mark every tenth cabbage off for God. That's the way to do it. How shall we mark them? Will Sam let us have some of that red worsted he ties up his roses with? I'll ask him. Just wait a minute. I know how to do it. Jill flew into the house breathless and excited without waiting for the old man's reply. She returned triumphant with her ball of red wool. Sam thinks it will be very nice. I told him. And you know, Mr. Stone, God did give the cabbages to you. He made them grow. You didn't. The old man looked at her queerly. Then he fetched his pipe out of his pocket and began to smoke. Then cabbages fetched three halfpence each in the market and cheap at the price, he said. Jill marched along the first row until she arrived at the tenth cabbage. Then she broke off a piece of her red wool and tied it through one of the leaves. There, Mr. Stone, that's God's cabbage. Now I'll go on to the next, and then you'll know how many you'll have to give. What am I to do with em, Missy? Take them to church? Jill sat down on an old wheelbarrow to consider. Why, she said presently with a beaming smile, when you take up a cabbage with a piece of red wool on it, you must sell it for God, and put the money in a little bag, and then give it to the poor. Perhaps, said the old man with a chuckle, it will find its way back into my pocket, for I am a very poor old body, very poor indeed. You're making a joke of it, said Jill, flushing a deep red. I mean a real starving person when I talk of the poor. Would you rather give it to the collection in church, Mr. Stone? Aye, perhaps that would be the best way to work it. So, taking that as a promise, Jill set to work with the will, and before she left that evening she had marked off fifteen cabbages, the tenth of the old man's property. And now, if we really like to give them, will you come tomorrow to Bethel and do your vow? Mr. Stone wavered, but finally Jill won him over, and he promised to be outside the fir plantation the very next day. Jack and Bumps were full of interest when Jill told them of her evening's work. It did much towards solacing Bumps, who had a bruised head and a badly grazed knee, but wounds were generally her lot after an hour or two alone with Jack. "'I was the old man of the thee,' she explained to Jill, "'and I couldn't stick on.' Jack jumped and rolled and kicked me up in the air to get me off, and I had to try to be on all the time. It was very difficult. She was rather doubtful about the cabbages. I thought it was to be money. God really does make money and give it to us, but how does he make cabbage? I thought it was to be money. God really does make money and give it to us, but how does he make cabbages? I thought they grew of their selves. How do you think God makes money? Jack asked. Bumps thought hard for a minute. I expect he just drops pennies and shillings into the ground when no one is looking and then lets us find them. I know they just come from under the earth because Miss Falconer told me. Jill tried to explain that cabbages bought in money and it was the money for them that would be the tenth and after a time Bumps was satisfied. They were all present the next day when old Mr. Stone was initiated into... They were all present next day when old Mr. Stone was initiated into the mysteries of Bethel. 
but he shook his head sternly at the heap of stones. No, no, that there altar is idolatry, that would it be. The chapel folk would turn me out if I went for to forget myself in such a heathen-like way. Pour oil on it! Indeed, no, Missy, that'd be like the cannibal heathen who offer up sacrifices and living bodies and such like. But Jacob did, argued Jill. We've kept most particular to the Bible. Ah, well, Jacob had to answer to the Almighty for it, and I won't be his judge. But I'm a chapel man myself, though I favor the church on occasions. I'll say the words, Missy, and then you must let me go. My poor wife used to give to charity and such like. I remember her handing a penny out of the windy to a tramp one day. I could do with a deal more religion, I owns, for though I thinks little, I know I ought to thank my maker more for his mercy and goodness, and he is kindly welcome to my cabbages, them that be marked with red wool. So now, Missy, where be the book? The Bible was put into his hand, and the verse pointed out, but he would only repeat the last part of it. The children chorused, Amen, and then he was led away, but his words left an uncomfortable feeling behind. Is it like the heathens to have a heap of stones, I wonder, said Joe, sitting down in the grass and looking at the pile very affectionately. Is it like the heathens to have a heap of stones, I wonder, said Joe, sitting down in the grass and looking at the pile very affectionately. It's all rubbish, said Jack. Jacob wouldn't have done a wicked thing when he was making a vow to God. I have met Falkner, was Bump's suggestion. But Jill would not agree to this. It's a secret, she said. We mustn't tell everybody. I think I'm rather sorry I brought Mr. Stone here. Sam didn't think it wicked. Isn't Sam going to join? He won't just yet. He says he wants to think it over. Then she jumped up. Come along, let us have a game of hide-and-seek. Away they scampered, making the garden ring with their shouts, and Bethel was forgotten for the time. End of chapter 6 Recording by Gabrielle C.